Great people. Well, welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by Jess Levine for a game of I Have the High Ground. I Have the High Ground is a collaborative two-player dueling game of banter, posturing, and capes. It tells the story about the moments right before a big epic duel, when the combatants are circling each other and exchanging barbed words and really trying to look their coolest, their capes flopping in the wind. It is a game about, like, fun, interesting banter and positioning and... It's really, really fun, and it's just got a good vibe and energy, and it's just a blast to play. The game is currently crowdfunding on Game on Tabletop to fund a physical edition of the game. You can get a bunch of special editions of the game, including custom dice. It's just a great game. I really, really enjoyed playing it. I think you're going to love listening to the story that we told. And if you do, I really think you should go back the game and get your own copy. You can find more information at tinyurl.com slash IHaveTheHighGroundGame, or you can check the show notes for more information. And on that note, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am beyond excited. This is going to be an exceptionally fun episode. I am sitting back down once again with Jess Levine. Jess, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. Jeff, thank you so much for having me. I had an incredible time in our last game. I was amazed at the narrative we were able to tell in the time that we could. And I'm so excited to be bringing a new game to you this time. I could not be more excited. Um, Speaking of the new game that we are playing, why don't you take a moment to let our lovely listeners at home know about what we are playing this week, as well as anything else you've got going on that you might want them to know about. Yeah, absolutely. So the game we're playing this week is called I Have the High Ground, and I describe it as a collaborative two-player dueling game of banter, posturing, and capes. And so unlike a traditional dueling game that you might think of, uh, you don't hit each other. You don't physically fight in I Have the High Ground. That's what comes after. This Mm. is the posturing and bantering and wit that comes before the physical battle. This is meant to be the drama that precedes a battle. It's a two-player game. It's meant to be played in a one-shot format. It is genre agnostic. You can play it in any genre that you want. In fact, you can import characters from your existing campaigns if you want to zoom in on a particular uh, fight or what precedes that fight and use this system to tell that story. It's got character creation if you are interested in having character creation. But like I said, you can also import your own characters. It's a short system, just about 4,000 words. Uh, but in all the playtesting, I have found it so fun. And the playtesting feedback I've gotten has been incredible. Uh, I'm excited to introduce the mechanics sort of as we go. Uh, but there's the the basic pitch for I have the high ground. Uh, I'm also excited to say that for the first time ever, I'm running a crowdfunder uh, for this game to produce a print run of zines with Diskette Press uh, as Rose doing art and uh, Vin Tanner doing layout. That crowdfunder is happening right now and you can find it at tinyurl.com slash I have the high ground game. No caps, no spaces. Uh, We could really use people's support on this crowdfunder. I would love to send out a print edition of this game to people and I'll talk a little more at the end about all of the things that that comes with. But yeah, that's I have the high ground and I'm excited to show you how it works as we go. I couldn't, everything that you're saying, I've, I've just been doing a little dance in my chair because this is, uh, it is an incredible pitch that I could not be more excited about because this is like, this is so far up my alley and such my jam that it, it is, it, it, it hurts. And so I could not be more excited to jump into this. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive right in. Excellent. Sounds good. So 
when you play I Have the High Ground, um, you start, if you are, uh, well, actually, whether you're importing characters or not, the first thing you establish is the genre. And this can be anything that you want it to be. But you and I talked beforehand, just so that we would know, and we settled on sci-fantasy. Sort mm-hmm. of like Star Wars is a good description of uh, science fantasy if people are unfamiliar with that sort of genre. But the um, preferred way for me to describe it, be- especially based on the cover of I Have the High Ground, which you can see on the crowdfunder, is uh, swords and space stations. Mm-hmm. Yep, love it. So that's that's the inspiration here. And in fact, I have the high grounds mechanics are inspired by modern competitive fencing. And we'll see that as we go. It'll also come up in the next thing that we choose. But our genre we established ahead of time. It's science fantasy. So after genre, we choose stakes. Stakes are like what happens based on the outcome of the physical battle that follows your duel. Um There are three levels of stakes based on the three sizes of fencing weapons. So that is foil, saber, and a pay. And we settled on we're either doing um, saber or a pay because those are the two higher stakes options. Foil is like a bar fight or it could be a championship boxing match, something like that where no one's going to get killed, but it's a matter of intense pride. Saber has meaningful stakes, so the physical battle is likely to be a fight to the death for the, for you or those you're fighting for. Uh, it could be a duel between knights or a quest for vengeance. And finally, a pay is huge stakes. It will definitely be lethal, and entire battles could be swung based on the outcome of your duel. Um, it's also worth saying that while most of the examples I'm using here are sort of your traditional duel... Um, This game also encourages you to really expand what a duel could be. I give examples of what if your hacker's trying to exploit your way into the same server? Or what if you're in a talent show? I know people who playtested did a dance-off as the, the battle that would follow their duel. I also know someone who did lesbian X-drama at a Halloween party, and one of them had been canceled, and the other was a uh, <laughs> micro-celebrity. You Incredible. Can really, yeah, exactly. You can make anything out of a duel with this game. Uh, but... We decided to choose between Saber and a Pay. So either uh, meaningful stakes where we might die, but it's going to be intense, or towering stakes. There's definitely fight to the death and maybe something larger. Are you having any particular anything calling to you in this moment, Jeff? In this moment, I, 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 up until this exact second, I was right there in the middle and going like, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I, maybe I want the drama of like, of leaving one of our, of one of our, our, our duelists alive. But I think that for this one shot, for this, for this self-contained story, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a pay. It's gotta be, it's gotta be whatever fight we're having. Everything in our, everything in our collective stories has come to this and one of us is not walking away. I love that. Absolutely. I live for the drama. That's why I made this game. So that Mm -hmm. sounds great. The next thing we decide is history between our characters. And so we don't have a sense of who our characters are yet. And so at times, we might actually jump ahead and then jump back to further Mm -hmm. establish history. One of the things I say in the rulebook is the rules are inspiration, not limitation. If creation takes the form of a conversation rather than proceeding one by one, and you do these sort of out of order, that's okay. This is just a suggested order. So we'll read some of the history, get see if there's anything that calls to us as inspiration. And if not, we'll move back and forward. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, love it. Excellent. So here are established options for history, and together we agree upon one to two of them. We could have a history of betrayal. We could be rivals. We could be arch nemeses. We could be out for revenge. We could have mutual respect for each other or unrequited respect. We could be ex-lovers, former allies. There could be unrequited love. We could be strangers on the battlefield, or we could be a mentor and mentee. Do any of these call to you? The one that's really jumping out to me, and this is fully the this is fully the professional wrestling fan in me jumping at this and Granted, I am already reading every bit of this game and going, yes, yes, wrestling, you're sure. I, I love an unrequited respect uh, angle. I think that is just, there. there's real interesting ground there, especially if we're going to pay, like, this idea that, like, this unrequited respect, like, I, like, one of us has failed to earn the other's respect, and this is going to end in blood one way or the other, add such a tragic kind of angle to that, and the inevitability of... This fight is the final step in this, and we'll, one of us is not walking away. Gives that unrequited respect, just the most tragic underpinning, and I, I think that fucking rips. I love that because what it allows us to do is sort of in the banter that we're going to be doing. One of us is like, "Oh, this is a trivial thing. I just have to get you out of the way on the way to whatever my real task yeah. is here," and the other is like. This is I my know- everything. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so compelling. That's Absolutely. really good. That's really really good. Perfect. So we've got unrequited respect. And I think that sets us up for, let's see, I actually think that it's it's a choose one to two. And that establishes such a dynamic that the other ones don't necessarily have to play into. Maybe former allies could work. But I think let's move on and come back and choose a second uh, if we feel like that would add to it. Does that sound good? That sounds great. I love it. Okay, cool. Do you have a sense of whether you want to respect me or you want me to respect you? I I would love I would love to be I would love to be unrespected is really how I feel. So I think I respect you. I would love that. I love playing haughty characters. So many of the I have the high ground characters I've played are I, just these like haughty assholes, so that's perfect. I I really love playing I really love playing uh like bitterly bitterly in my own mind unappreciated is a vibe that I, I i love and so that feels that feels perfect awesome that's so good so the next thing we do are choose descriptors and so i've provided here a list of stock descriptors that mm-hmm. are a set of opposites and you can choose from outside of these descriptors if you want we can just come up with them if we want but uh those are there for inspiration and most of the time we choose from them Uh, But the important thing is we choose one descriptor that is the same for both of us. It's a way we're alike. Mm -hmm. One descriptor that is an opposite, so it has to be one set. And then we choose two to three descriptors that are for our character alone, picked from any of them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Okay. So let's start with the same. What makes us the same? I want to throw out infamous immediately. Oh, fascinating. So maybe like you have respect for me, but respect in infamy, right? Like we're both yeah. kind of ho- known for being horrible. Yeah, I think that's, I think, I think a good, <laughs> I love a good villain versus villain uh, yes. showdown. That that kind of kicks ass. Oh, that's fantastic. 
I'm already like a bunch of ideas are coming out of that for me. So for example, maybe we're both like leaders of this like massive criminal or mercenary outfits um, that have been hired to to do some sort of job or to uh, stage some sort of attack. It could also be that we are leaders of some sort of uh, societally hated or misunderstood rebellion, um, but we are on opposite sides or we have opposing ideologies in that rebellion. But if you have other ideas outside of that, I would also love to hear that. All kinds of different reasons we can be infamous. Um. So, so I kind of love, I mean, I kind of want to take your two ideas and pit them against each other. Like the idea of the idea of like a leader of a rebel, like the outlaw leader of a rebellion and a little bit uh, pulling directly on Star Wars, a little bit like Return of the Jedi, Han Solo, Boba Fett dynamic of the 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 outlaw leader of the rebellion has come face to face with the world's most deadly bounty hunter, has come face to face with like the war, like the head of the criminal empire, and, and like it's that we're not necessarily. I actually want to use this, maybe talk through this, and as we're talking through it, maybe strike out one of the options on the on the history angle. Which is, I thinking it through, I love the idea that we are not, we're not arch nemeses. We're not, this wasn't necessarily a, this isn't necessarily a destined showdown, right? Like, we are, we are crossing paths. It is a matter of circumstance that has deadly consequences. Exactly. Like, we have, we have arrived here by, we have arrived here by circumstance. This is, there is another deadlier fight on the way for whoever walks away from this. Absolutely. I love that. Ugh, that's perfect. And I'm thinking my haughty character is probably the mercenary and you're the scrappy rebel leader. Does that sound right? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Cause that, that, that gives, oh, that gives such a good angle. If you're, if, if you are, if you are the head of, if you're a, if you're the head of a criminal empire and you simply could be aiding in this rebellion and simply haven't, like that, that's such a good, that's such a good conflict because that 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 that, that 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 that's good. I'm excited. Excellent. Perfect. Let's see. So we've got we are same in our infamy. How are we opposite? We have a lot of options here. A lot of good options. Is there one that's jumping out to you? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm wondering if it's some sort of like tactical difference. So we have examples like quick versus measured or impulsive versus tactical. Um, I love quick versus, I mean, that just leans even further into the, that, that leans further into the, the, the haughty and the, the haughty and the, the, the scrappy angle, right? Is, is quick. If, if one of us is quick, if one of us is quick and the other one is measured that, that, that's such a good stylistic contrast or the other one, I think along that same line is impulsive versus tactical as a, a sense of. This is part like like we are we are very different and that probably bleeds into the idea that we do not that that that, that respect is not shared. That makes a lot of sense to me on like that's why. My question for you is are you tactical or measured because you have to be to win this rebellion or are you impulsive or quick because you're a rebel? Um both of them are so compelling. Both of them are really interesting. Well, I'm thinking both of them are interesting for you because are you like are you are you fully into the the image of the haughty criminal uh, overlord at which point you're probably like tactical and put together or is there a contrast in you are this you are this haughty put together criminal overlord that is also just that is also like prone to impulse and 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 has a sort of a hair trigger 
Yeah, I actually think this is specifically I I include both of these because I think quick versus measured is different than impulsive and tactical. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think this is going to come in. I think I am quick to action. I am like something happened. Okay, we don't need to sit Mm -hmm. around and plan. We're just going to get it done. Whereas you are like, we can't lose anyone. We're tiny and scrappy. I love it. I, I think that's amazing. That is that is so perfect. Perfect. And now each of us just chooses two or three um, that describes us specifically. Um, I am immediately going for cunning. Love that. I'm either going to be debonair or flamboyant. I love the idea that like I am this like criminal, but like I make it look good. Um, mm-hmm. And that's part of why I'm permitted to be in such like a, a major role here is like I always make it look good. I even... I have infamy, but I probably also have a fan club. Um, oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. So I think I'm going to go for debonair. Let's and, see. And leaning fully, into, leaning fully into my bullshit because that's, that's how we're living in 2022. I, I think that I think that there's an image here. I'm getting a little bit of I'm getting a little bit of of the doctor from Doctor Who. I'm going underestimated and yes. cunning. This idea of we're scrappy and we're strapped and we're measured, but that's all part that's all part of the plan, right? We yes. want like there's like I think that I think that there's a lot of like we like that's part of what has allowed the the rebellion to thrive is that like we, you know there is there is a tremendous amount happening behind the scenes right like there is a tremendous amount of there is there is always a last minute gambit that we can pull off that that because you because you underestimated us we've we've kept in our back pocket yes absolutely and i think i'm gonna take for my last one brutish because i love the idea that like i'm fancy i look fancy i'm debonair i make it all look good but actually i am just completely like kind of callous, but also just like willing to do anything. And I'm simultaneously making those horrible things look I, good in this like awful way. I, 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 it is, uh, it is, there is a, uh, like uh, the very specific pop culture touchstone I get for this is, uh, if you have ever seen it, uh, it is, it is Robert De Niro as Al Capone in the untouchables in that scene where he's a, he's a, he's a, he's giving the speech to his like lieutenants and he's in this tuxedo and he just beats one of them to death with a baseball bat and then just like sits down and finishes dinner. Yes. Per- yes. You already have a vision, like understand my character's yeah. vision. I love that. Yep. 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 I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it 110%. Cool. So I think that brings us to our exposition. What brings the two of us to this a particular battlefield today? And I'm, we've already established, like, there's some ongoing rebellion. I'm sent to do something, probably has to do with crushing that rebellion. But I see you as, like, a minor player on the way to that. Maybe I see the entire rebellion as a minor player. Maybe it's like, I was sent to do this. It's it's below my pay grade, but I will just take care of this. And are you really, do you really think that you have any place to even try and stop me? Does that sound like a truth here? Yeah, I love that. I love that because that that that's that that's that unrequited respect, right? It is that sense of like y- you you simply have not accounted for us, and how much of that is by design, and how much of that I- is genuine. I I I this is yeah. I think that kicks ass. I think that's amazing. Cool. And I said swords and space stations, and I love things taking place on space stations. So are you down for it to take place on a space station? Hundred percent, hundred percent space station. Cool. So am I trying to overrun one of your? bases? Am I repelling a rebellion attack? Am I trying to blow up the space station 
either because it's one of your bases or because it's protecting a planet that is one of your bases. Um, sort of like taking out the orbital defense platform so that uh, the whole army can can go for the planet. That's good. I really like that. I, I love blowing up the space station. I think that's amazing. Perfect. Um, and so that's, I think, enough exposition. We'll go on to environment. And so mm-hmm. we have a series of or statements here that we're going to choose from uh, to establish what is the scene around us like. Um, and the first one that's really calling to me immediately is surrounded. I actually haven't done it. I have the high ground game like this yet. But mm-hmm. I love the idea that this room is just us. But there is a battle raging outside of this room. You and I have met and we're going to be a showdown of commanders, but all of our like troops are just outside fighting. We can hear it in the distance. This battle is being waged. And then there's just this sudden moment of tense like anticipation to our actual fight. Is that fun? That's amazing. That's amazing. The one that's jumping out to me to really kind of throw a wrench into things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for ancient. Uh, an ancient a ancient space station kicks ass. That's just a phrase that is cool. And B, the idea that this is something going full science, leaning into the fantasy of, of the science fantasy that this space station is something ancient and, and probably magical and powerful. And like, this is like a magical heart that we have like defended means that we are going to defend it, not let it be destroyed with our entire life. Like the idea that this is there is there that this is like the source of whatever the space magic of our setting is, is this space station that has existed since the dawn of time. Oh, I love that so much. And and specifically, that's giving me this image that like the rebellion, it can't build things for itself, right? But it sees itself as upholding this like beautiful dream, this environmental dream yeah. almost that's represented in this metal space station. And I love, love that it. like reversal. Um, and I'm that, here that's, to that's cool as hell. wipe it out. Um, okay. Uh, so we just need one more. Um, so we know it's ancient. We know it's surrounded. Sort of what is the physical space like? I'm thinking either cramped or spacious could be good to define or boiling or freezing, precarious or stable. Do any of those call out to you? I, I love boiling or freezing. They're both good. I'm going to say boiling because I almost like the aesthetic I get in my head is all like is is very like moss covered stone almost like like for like the space station like all like there are columns that are the that are sort of these old half limestone like looking columns that have moss on them and the idea that this is that that, that this is like humid is very interesting like it's an interesting aesthetic for a space station and i think it is it is just extremely cool to have it be like a humid sweaty like forested jungle aesthetic absolutely i'm seeing this whole space station is floating on like some rock right like a big rock under it is the and that's just like floating in orbit above the planet oh yeah i think it's even carved into an ass it's even like carved into like an old like an ancient asteroid or a moon or something like it is yes and it is it is all this like fungal life under the surface and it's all it's it's glowing but it is it is um What's the word that I'm looking for? Um, it's like glowing in that in that way that stuff glows underground, and I forget the the, the exact term for it, but it's that it's that sort of like slimy glow, B- bioluminescence. Bioluminescence. Thank you. Yes, it is that 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 sort of sickly green bioluminescent glow. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And computer screens in that glow. 
sick as hell. Oh, I love the idea that there's like holograms floating in it. Um, yeah. Like holographic yeah, yeah. screens and interfaces on this like rocky temple atmosphere. So good. Yeah. Okay. So, um, background. Now we're moving on to our characters specifically. And the first thing that we choose is whether we are wearing a cape. Both of us choose this in secret, unless we decide to discuss it beforehand. If we choose to wear a cape, we have to discuss it. We have to describe it in detail. And this, this is my favorite mechanic. It's great. It's great. It's it's what has sold me on the game. I'm not going to lie to you. It's very good. I'm so glad because what I'm about to get to share with the viewer is that the cape has a mechanical purpose above and beyond what's already been established, which is soon we are going to choose advantages. Advantages are things we are coming into the fight with that like give us the upper hand. We each have different ones. And later, it will be decided or it will be relevant who has priority. Priority is a system in, conv- in competitive fencing that if two people strike at the same time, who gets the point? It's very complicated in competitive fencing. It's simplified in my game in which comp- uh, priority is just exchanged back and forth each turn. So I have it and then you have it mm-hmm. or vice versa. And so there's a rubric based on your cape and whoever's cape meets that rubric the best gets to choose whether they pick the first advantage or they have priority on the first turn and the opposite goes to the other person. That's so sick. That's so sick is the thing that kicks so much ass. I am so glad. And here are here is the rubric. First, Whoever opted to wear a cape, if the other person didn't, whoever has the cape gets to pick. If they both wear capes, whichever character's cape is closest to floor length without going over. If you both take floor length capes, then it's whichever player owns a cape in real life. If you both own capes in real life, it is whichever player last wore a cape in real life. Then, and only then, you roll 2d6 and the highest roll chooses first. I love it. I gen- I genuinely love it so much. Okay. So All right. I I have my I have my decision. I know my decision. I know mine too, and I'm going to say for the viewer's sake that there's a lot of simultaneous decision making in this game. Uh and were you playing this sort of in reality, you would both write it or sorry, were you playing this outside of a podcast setting, you would both write it down um or type it into a discord and then hit enter something like that but for the sake of the podcast i will say what i decided and jeff will say what he decided and we'll just trust each other um and so i'll go first my cape is a floor length red cape with a yellow emblazoned what is emblazoned on it i think it's going to be some sort of like alien canine um in a like heraldic pose like back up on its hind legs Mm -hmm. paws in the air fangs out sort of saber-toothed tiger like but canine um uh, emblazoned in red on that floor length thick cape i love it that's so cool uh my cape is a shoulder cape so it, it goes over my my right shoulder it is uh, it is blue with yellow trim, and it has a yellow uh, rope on the other end of it that ties into a little, like, kind of an epaulet, but not quite. Like, it, it drapes across my left shoulder, and it, it hangs uh, a little bit cockeyed. Like, it's clearly not 
it's clearly not being worn with authority. It's clearly it, it, it looks a little bit uh it looks a little bit slapdash in its in, in how it's been sort of donned. I love that because I like to imagine in this setting, commanders have to wear capes. It's just like what you do. You're not taken seriously yeah. otherwise. But yours is just like something you've thrown on because you're supposed to. Um, At this point in the story, I've been I've been promoted to commander and they've put the cape on. But like, I don't know how to wear it. Right. <sighs> like from where I from where I'm coming from in the rebellion, like this is this is foreign territory. I love that. Um, and so. You've got your half cape. How far down does it drop? Is it half cape? Is it slightly smaller? Um, it drops down. It's. I'd say it's. It's a little. It's about half cape length because I think it drops down. Like it drapes over my right shoulder and drops right down to about like mid forearm, elbow to mid forearm. Excellent. And so that means, based on the rubric, I get to choose first advantage or first priority. Um, I'm going to take first advantage, both because I believe I actually do have the upper hand here, Mm -hmm. and because I'm most interested in losing. I like stories where the rebels win, and I'm going to try and win, of course. But if I can hand you that advantage, I'm here to tell a story. I would love to do that. I love it. I love it. I'm all about it. Okay. So... Um, We now move on to selecting those advantages, and I get to go first. Here are the advantages. The high ground, the element of surprise, superior weaponry, reinforcements on the way, to be your opponent's exact type, familiar territory, a more accomplished record, a history of greater accomplishments, superior fashion, extensive training for this particular fight, desperation, anonymity, or comprehensive intelligence on your opponent, or finally, opponent in a compromising situation. Your opponent has to agree to that one, and it has special priority rules, but I'll only explain those if we use it. So, I get to choose first, and I'm definitely taking superior weaponry. I have all the money in the world for my weapons, and you're a rebellion. Love it. Love it. Uh, Am I also choosing an advantage? Yes, you go next, and then we each uh, pick one more. Okay. I am taking, oh, I'm taking comprehensive intelligence. I know who the hell you are. Mm, Yes, absolutely. And I actually probably, I know about the rebellion, but I haven't taken you seriously. I haven't especially taken you as an individual seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, Love that concept. My other one, my other advantage. I just have to take superior fashion. There's no way that was, there's no way that wasn't going to be the other one. Like, sometimes you got to go with the obvious option and there's no option that has ever been more obvious. (laughs) Yeah, I think that just completes the set of what of the picture we're painting here. Okay, what's your second one? Uh, my second one is there's a lot of them that I really like here, and I am gonna say I'm gonna take I'm gonna take familiar territory in the in the in the most uh, in the most buck wild sense possible. Yes, which is to say, uh, if this is the heart of space magic, while I have been here, I have been having visions of space magic. Mm. Yes. And so and so like the 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 magic that is at the heart of this thing has been has been bleeding into my has been bleeding into my mind and it has put me into a very particular like physical, mental, magical, spiritual, emotional place. I love that. That's perfect. Oh, I can't wait for the ways that comes in. Yeah. Okay. Next, we specify two details of any type about our clothing. It can be an item you're wearing, an overall description, anything like that. Um, and I already have my first detail, uh, which I think is going to be, 
I'm wearing like armor pieces along with my cape. I'm I'm getting a little Mandalorian inspiration here, like the uh-huh. the Beskar armor. Um, but it's definitely painted red, perfect condition, and I think it's it's lighter and less pieces. Um, so it's like a little a little thinner. It just covers like vital areas, and it's partially looks like it's even for show. Like there's decorative trim, um, and it's just meant to make me look imposing. Uh, more than it even might be to actually serve a defensive purpose. I love it. I love it. Uh, so my clothing, I, I underneath the cape, it is um, specifically a. It is specifically like a like a like an intelligence services style uniform. So it's a little bit of like a jumpsuit, like like a like a Star Wars style jumpsuit type deal. Um, and it is very utilitarian. Like it does not have the. Um, it does not have the the style and flourish. There are no buttons, pins, fancy outfits. Like it is very specifically, it like the the the, the thrown on cape aspect is clearly like is emphasized by the fact that I'm wearing like a gray and black like two piece like flak jacket and 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 pants outfit that really underscores like that I have put on this cape out of necessity. I love that so much. I love the contrast. I think the other thing I'm going to specify. Um, I am feeling pulled. This feels almost ridiculous, but I, I kind of love it. There's a cover character on the left side of the I Have the High Ground cover, so anyone listening can go look at that if they want. And I've decided, for the most part, I just look like that character. Uh, you can't see her front, so the armor is is in that front part. Mm-hmm. Um, but that means I have like thigh high boots and i have a long ponytail that's shaved on the side and then kind of has like a pixie top um so like the ponytail pops out of this like pixie with like a pompadour front almost and shaved sides so i've got sort of a full look going on here inspired by that outfit uh and the second the 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 second detail of my clothing is um pouches is the only thing i only think i can I, i've got there are pouches for days pouches tactical pouches tactical pouches this is and it, it, it even further like it really further and like this is this outfit is designed with pouches it is designed with like pockets it is for field operations and so and it looks completely out of place in sort of military uh ceremony it, it, i'm writing down pouches for days great i love it Specify two or more items on your person. So these can be fashion accessories, items of utilitarian value, like a boot knife or an armored pauldron, trinkets from your past or even your opponent's past, if they agree. Um, It just can't be your primary weapon. So to specify what I mean, I'm actually going to take a hip blaster here on like a hip holster, but I am never going to use that in the physical fight when I draw my weapon, which is a mechanic, by the way. I won't draw that weapon. That is... It is a weapon, but it's an accessory. My primary weapon is something different, and we'll pick that next. So I have a hip blaster. I have on my person, again, it's not, I, 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 yeah, okay. It's, it's, if we're going things that will not come up, but that we have on our person as an accessory, uh, just for maximum drama, I have the self-destruct, uh, the self-destruct beacon or button for the space station. I love that. And it can absolutely, just to be really specific, come up. Like, you can't use it, but yeah. you can say that you're willing to use it. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay, I've got two ideas for the other one. One is it's basically like the the bounty puck. Um, so it's just like a little puck with a little hologram of the space station that says like, I have claimed to be here and be the one doing this. Or it is something taken off of another rebel leader that I've killed. Oh, that's sick. I mean, it could be both. It could be it could be your access pass that you ripped off of, of, of the last of the last person that you killed. Oh, absolutely. Was it the commander who preceded you? Is that why you've been promoted? Oh, absolutely. This is a this is a and this is this is the 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 like I've been promoted, you know, 20 minutes ago. Right. Like I have been which is why this this cape has been thrown on my shoulder is that I have just been named the person in charge. I think your commander had just landed and we hit the hangar and that was it. Yeah. And or I or specifically we landed and I just overpowered his ship and I've taken his like um RFID thing, but magic RFID. So it's yeah. this little medallion that gets you into things. Um that's perfect. Absolutely. Okay, what's your second? Uh the other thing that I have is um it's a loaded deck of cards. I was I was I was running a poker game and I was frankly scamming some people when uh oh, when when the, when that. the when the uh when the fight started. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And now we choose our weapons. I have the superior weaponry and I think mine is going to be we said swords and space stations. I'm going to take just like on the I have the high ground cover, a flame bladed sword. What that means is it's a sword that has like a wavy blade, sort of like curly cues down. Um you can Look that up if you're interested in what a flame-bladed sword is. But despite being a flame-bladed sword, it's electroshock. So it runs lightning down the center. You don't even see a power source. It's probably semi-magical. Um, but like any time it collides with another sword, there's sparks. If you don't have insulation, it'll run down your sword and spark your hand. Um, it is like this fancy magic um, electro sword. Oh, and mine is I'm minus for sure. Uh, my weapon here is a uh, is a millet is a a military vibro saber, uh, and specifically it is a like a like um kind of a cavalry saber in the sense that like it is not a weapon that is designed for you're not really supposed to be using it, right? Like it's kind of designed for commanding people and for for issuing orders. It's a little bit for pageantry. I'm actually gonna write down pageantry saber. Oh, I love uh, that. It's a vibro saber because that's just the cool word you put on a sword. Uh, but it's like a pageantry weapon. It is. It is. I ripped this off of a wall, and I am like, I just needed a a hand to hand weapon, and this is the best that I could gather. Oh, that's so great! And I love the idea that my sword could basically just like push yours aside like nothing. That's definitely going to come up. Okay, so with that, we are actually ready for play. Um, there's something we've discussed beforehand, which is that we're actually going to start at two points each. We play to nine points, but we're going to start at two points each. And I'll explain the reasoning for that in just a second. This is a little abnormal. But first, I have to say, how does I have the high ground work? So we are going to play a series of turns until one of us reaches nine points. On each turn, we choose one of four move types. So that's thrust, Feint, parry, or a penalty move. Thrust, feint, and parry form a weapon triangle or a rock, paper, scissors triangle where thrust beats feint, feint beats parry, and parry beats thrust. Um, this is like real fencing. So if they feint and try and fake you out, but you just stab them, 
the person who thrust it wins. If they try and parry, so like repel your thrust, but you faint, and then they uh, try to repel a fake thrust, they're open and you get the score a hit. And then if they thrust, but you were ready with the parry and you knock them out of the way, you get to score a hit. So it forms this neat little triangle, and each turn will choose one of those standard moves, most likely, um, and then we'll evaluate it like rock, paper, scissors. But whoever has priority, which we said is exchanged each turn, will win ties if we both choose the same move. Mm. Based on what move you choose, that shapes how the banter or the posturing that happens after it, like the structure that takes. So we don't actually thrust. We don't actually parry anything like that. That's actually more about what approach do we take to this conversation and this physical movement? Um, and so the rules say when you score a particular type of victory, like a thrust win or a parry tie that you win for the first time, read aloud the description of that victory. We'll do that once just to get a good sense. For the sake of time, we're not going to do that every time, but we'll do it once. And then I'll read just the first sentence for the other ones so that we know what shape that takes. And I'll also say a thrust is an offensive move. A thrust is like an insult or a big step over someone to tower mm -hmm. over them um, because um, you don't even have to talk in this game. You don't have to. The rules encourage you to play slow. If you, you don't have to, you can always move faster, but like you can just position yourself on the battlefield and that can be a move if it's intimidating enough. Um, and so a thrust is any sort of straightforward, offensive, intimidating move or dialogue. A feint is you trying to bait your opponent. So it's bringing up something sensitive from their past so that they overreact or it's um, like taking a step towards them and they flinch and take a step back and you like got to see them um, flinch. It's anything that tries to bait a response from your opponent. And a parry is when your opponent gives a weak thrust and then you knock it out of the way with a harder comeback. It's basically like a, a comeback zinger. You can have an idea mm -hmm. in mind for what you're going to do before you choose your move, but the actual what happens is decided on who, by who wins. So the exact form that it takes won't be decided until after we've both chosen our moves. Just come in with inspiration, essentially. And Love it. Love it. Love it. You're encouraged to choose what your character would choose. You can choose what you think, like you can play mind games with me to try and like figure out what I'm going to rock, paper, scissors and like try and win. But really think, what would my character do in this situation? Um, also, the victor always gets the last word. They always have the right to say the last thing in the piece of narration before you proceed to the next turn. And on some win types, they can even be like, can you change that, what you did a little bit? But we'll get into that with each win. Cool. Love it. And finally, the last move type is the penalty move. Penalty moves are inspired by, inspired by actual penalties from competitive fencing, and you can only do one penalty move per game. So with each of the other move types, if you win, you score one point until we get to nine. A penalty move is special. In a penalty move, you roll 2d6. If you um, A penalty move represents you either disarming yourself insultingly, like, I don't even need this, or turning your back on your opponent to leave with the intention to leave. So being like, you're not even worth my time, um, and showing them your back, just like how in competitive fencing, showing your back or disarming is a penalty. 
And to see what happens in response to that, you roll 2d6. If you roll under your current score, you're victorious. You score two points on this move. And what happens, you still turn around and go back to the fight. You still rearm yourself. But it's because your opponent has this explosive reaction. Like you insult them so badly that they make a fool of themselves. It's a dramatic win. In any case, you're always going to turn back around or rearm. But it's about what your opponent does in reaction. If Mm. you roll over your current score, um, then your opponent wins. They say something that makes you so upset or inspires you so much that you pick up your weapon again or turn back around and go back to the fight because they've baited you. They score one point and they automatically get priority back. Um, So the punishment for doing a penalty move and losing is that you not only give them a point, you also give them priority. Mm. And finally, if you roll exactly your current score, for every rule, there's an exception. And if you roll exactly your current score in your penalty move, then your opponent strikes an actual blow against you with their weapon. Um, or they get some sort of tactical advantage. So they might like knock you off onto this chain. Now, now you're dangling above lava. They do something that actually gives them a one-up in the physical battle which follows. After that, you always go back to banter and wit and back to the normal rules. But your punishment for rolling exactly your score is that your opponent scores a point and they get to strike an actual blow of some kind against you. I love it. This kicks ass. This rips. I'm so glad. And an important thing to think about is how probability works with this 2d6 roll. The most likely roll is seven, and then each of the rolls above and below that as we go outward is less and less likely. What that means is you are not most likely to win a penalty move until you have eight points, until you are Mm -hmm. one point from victory. And at seven... You're equally likely to lose and win, except seven is the most likely outcome, and that means you're most likely to tie and for your opponent to get a blow against you. Um, Really good is the thing. I'm so glad you like it. And so it's less advantageous to do penalty moves early, though I've seen it happen when players are just like, this is what I would do. And um, that's why we're starting at two points instead of playing to seven to make sure that the late game probabilities, those like periods when it's advantageous to do this, are still there um, because it's based on your current score. And the last rule we need to explain, then we can get right into play, is at eight points, you must draw your weapon. If you're sorry, I should say, if your opponent has eight points, they might not draw their weapon, but if they get to eight, you are getting incensed or fed up or frustrated Mm -hmm. or done, and you have to be the one to draw your weapon. I love it. I love it. I love it. You may draw it beforehand. That's important. But you are forced to when your opponent reaches eight points, one from victory. That's good. That's real good. Okay. Any questions or should we proceed right into play? I am ready to jump in. Okay. I am so, so excited. Um, One thing, the, the first round is the hardest because you have to establish sort of like, well... How do I open? How do we even see each other? And so let's answer that question of like, what does it look like for us to see each other? And we can choose a move type and ask how that seeing each other resolves um, from there. Are you waiting in this room for me? Am I waiting in this room for you? Am I like walking across this room and you open the door? Um, Have you been sitting there and you come out of the dark? Do you have any sort of conception? 
I imagine like I imagine there, you know, the the heart of the space station is at the end of this room. Like it's at the end of this hallway and there's an adjacent hallway that is perpendicular. And what I envision is that you are walking like this is your home stretch. If you, you know, you have you have in your mind already won. Right. Like they're like no one is. Been, and I am running by and I like see you and either I'm in front of you or behind you and I like I I stumble and stop and see you and like ready my 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 saber and like lock eyes like this is my chance to stop you sorry sorry I want to ask did you say you stumble out behind me or right in front of me I'm trying to decide which one I like more I kind of like it more in front of you where there's like a hallway that you are just about to like pass through as I like I'm running to stop something somewhere else and just like stop right in front of you. And like we are just facing each other in this moment as I was I, I had envisioned running off to do something to help something somewhere else. And I'm like, if I don't stop you here, it's all over. I think that is perfect. I love that because it means I have to go through you. But I'm like, is this even worth my time? Um, perfect. Um, yeah. Uh Here's one last thing we didn't decide. Names? Good po- Good question. Yeah. Let's see. I think my name is going to be, I think my first name is Celeste, but given this uh, sort of drama setting, I think I need a nice dramatic last name as well. Do you have any conception of yours? I am going, I'm going to look up, I'm going to look up, I'm going to do a quick search. I am Celeste Thalcor. That's sick as hell. And I think within my mercenary company, am I captain or commander? I feel like you're commander, so I have to be captain. I'm Tyrell Gutshot. Oh my god. Yes, absolutely you are. (laughs) Oh, the contrast between our names is so good. It's good. It's real good. I think I'm ostensibly a commander, but I do not call myself commander. Yes. I'm not comfortable with it. I have not been commander long enough to like put that on my name. So I am Tyrell Gutshot, like theoretically a commander. I love that because I can also make fun of you for that. Yeah. Um, And I'm Captain Celeste Thalcor and Captain is, I think, the highest rank of this mercenary company because we're not a military. Um, Okay. I think that's probably all that we need. Yes. I'm ready. Okay. Um, now we just decide our first moves. I've got mine ready. And you have priority, meaning that, uh, if there is a tie, if we both choose the same thing, you win. Okay. I'm revealing three. I have revealed. I chose faint. I also chose faint. Okay. So, um, in the case of a faint tie, I'm going to read from the rule book, just like we said for the first one. Mm-hmm. A faint tie indicates that both characters fainted, both characters offered bait, but the character with priority didn't fall for it and responded instead with an escalated faint that successfully provoked the loser. So, for example, the loser might minimize the victor's war record, but instead of displaying hurt, the victor names an occasion that the loser got their entire squad killed, causing the loser to lash out where the victor doesn't. And so it's like oh, you're not that good at this. I'm like, yeah, you got everyone killed. And then that gets them angry. I Um, love it. I really, really love it. And so that means I offer the first bait that you don't respond to. And -hmm. you also maintain the right to ask me to give you something different. Since you're the victor, if you're like, this doesn't work for what I want, do something different. 
But I imagining you come, like you said, stumbling out of this side hallway and like turn and look at me. Um, and uh, I stop for a moment and sort of like cock my head looking at you. Um, I don't even put my hand on my sword. Um, and I'm like, I think I look at the cape um, and then look at the rest of your outfit. And I go, really? This is who they promoted to commander? And I, 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 my response to that is like, I give a little bit of a shrug and I'm like, we get by. And what I do specifically, like, eh, we get by. And in like, in, in, as I say that, I visibly look over your shoulder, like off down the hallway that you're marching down and kind of give like a little bit of a nod and like to to specifically, very specifically, like make it look like I am gesturing for someone to take a shot or like make a move. I'm like, eh, you know, we get by and I give like a little bit of a shot, just a little bit of a thing just to get you to like turn around and like get be off of your your balance for like a split second Oh. just just to like take you off of your 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 dominant position yeah I, I, off of my high horse i love that and i yeah. think what i do is like i'm immediately serious in a way that i wasn't like i whip my head around and my hand goes in the pommel of my sword that is like tucked into my belt and i look back and i'm just standing there for a second and i turn my head back around slowly and i'm now giving you this death glare um, and I have now the biggest, like, the, the biggest, like, faint, like, it is, it is clearly a smile of, like, it is clearly a forced smile, but, like, I am clearly, like, smiling very wide as this is happening. I love that. Um, so you score the point. It's now three to two. Um, you. I have priority next round. And I think where we go from me look, giving you that death glare and you smiling is determined by the outcome of next round. Okay. I love it. Okay. So... Uh, let me know when you have your move. I've got mine. I have mine. Okay. Thrust. Eyes parry. Wow, you're really opening strong here. Um, so, my thrust, you have me look behind you. Uh, and, yeah, for, so a parry win, we won't win the whole thing, but you offered, I offer an aggressive thrust, and you strike it aside and make a powerful counterattack. And so, I'm giving you this death glare... And I think I'm like, you're going to wish you had that backup. Dirty tricks are the only way your rebellion ever wins anyway. Yeah, but we've got a whole lot of dirty tricks. I love that. <laughs> um, would you even want to like do something else that also makes me flinch? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I think what it is, is um, you see these pouches, as I say, like, yeah, but we've got a lot of dirty tricks and like, with my with my hand on like my my hilted my scabbard saber in one hand i like reach for one of the pouches and like try to like reach something for it and like you kind of like pull back into a parry position and i just kind of like wiggle my finger like open up my my open palm and just like wiggle the fingers in front of you as i'm like yeah but we have so many dirty tricks. Yeah, I don't think I quite draw my weapon, but I, like, take a step back to, like, get stanced. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I love this. I'm already being made to look like a fool. Um, fantastic. Also, I forgot to ask, what are your character's pronouns? Uh, he, his. Cool. Mine or she, her. Cool. So, it is two to four. Oh, yeah. Both of us editing, and you have priority. And let me know... When you have your move. 
I have my move. Okay. I chose parry. I chose thrust. Aha. Good. Good, 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 good. My victory. So you go ahead and offer me something that I can strike aside. I think it is. I think at this moment, it's got to be a, it's got to be, it's got to be a little bit of an olive branch. I think at this point, I think it is, it is absolutely like you, you could walk away like this. We don't, this doesn't have to go down this way. I'm giving you a chance. I love that. I know exactly. Captain Thalcor laughs, um, just like this, like boisterous laugh. And she's like, walk a a chance to what? Not squish you like the bug that you are? (laughs) What do you think? That's the gift. (laughs) That's good. That's so good. Do we finally get to see you like starting to realize like that you're outgunned here, like on your face? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, 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 you laughing, like I, I, I am furious, right? Like I'm, I, I, I had hoped that we could have this as a, as a conversation. And then this is, this is the moment that has kind of dawned on me that that is not going to happen. Yes, absolutely. I'm also going to make a, rapid like a middle of the road suggestion which is we're going through this at such a good clip in a way that i didn't really necessarily expect would you want to drop it down so that we started at zero retrospectively is that okay yeah, with sure. you? yeah that works perfect okay so i'm just gonna adjust our scores and i think we can get through all of it in the time remaining i think we can okay so that puts us at um you've scored um Two and I've scored one, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yes, correct. Um, and priority this time goes to me. Now we pick our next moves. I know my next move. I'm still deciding mine. Let's see. So I've parried your thrust. I've laughed at you. Got mine. It's thrust. Right. I'm also thrusting. And I have priority this time. Yes, indeed. So in a thrust tie, both characters attempt an aggressive action but the player with priority was more imposing. So in this point, at this one, I think I'd like you to open and I'm just going to overpower it. I think I, I think it is. I think it is this, this could be, uh, this could be the moment that it came to blows, right? Like there is a, there is a rush at you. There is like a, a little bit of a bull rush that you simply like shut down. Yeah. I love the idea that like, I've upset you. I've laughed. You like, move right into my guard without quite drawing your weapon Mm -hmm. am i taller than you oh absolutely yeah i thought so um especially in my boots which i think do have a ridiculous heel um yeah i think the only thing i do is like after you stop moving crane my neck down to look at you nothing else moves and i just like i kind of just freeze in my tracks i think there it is it is it is a it is a just a full-on like uh okay sure (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-oh i thought you were i thought you were gonna flinch (laughs) absolutely not she's been here before with much worse than you um cool uh next moves all right i have my next move i have priority yes you do and i have my next move chosen Okay, I fainted. I'm also fainting. That one goes to you. Yep. 
So, in a faint tie, I offer bait. It doesn't work. So, let's think. What is the bait that I try and get you to take? <laughs> so, I have just finished. Um, yeah, I think I'm, like, looking down at you. I am still, like, the laughter is still a little bit on my face. Um, and I just go, really? You'd strike an unarmed woman? Or, sorry, it's not unarmed. Um, really, you'd strike a woman without her weapon drawn? And, uh, my, my, my counter to that, my, my feint in exchange is smiling and going, I think you and I are both trained enough to combatants to know that our weapons are never not wholly drawn. And I kind of snap my finger and lights uh, almost like willow wisps, like the like like lights just start like flashing kind of around your face, around like your head, as I, I give a snap to these like bioluminescent spore. This the space magic like sparks a little bit, as as and this is probably a moment where I'm like grasping that this that this is at my disposal for like kind of the first time. Um, and I think at that statement, I just like shake my head trying to shake off these lights um and shaking my head actually in response to your statement but it also comes off as trying to shake off these lights and i'm mm -hmm. just like you have no sense of tact just like never this did <laughs> it doesn't phase you at all that i'm annoyed by that <laughs> uh it's where I, it's where i thrive <laughs> perfect okay that's what i'm saying i love that it doesn't yeah. phase you at all yeah yeah, yeah. cool priority me and we choose our next moves i have my next move chosen i have mine i parried all right i am also parrying so a parry tie is sort of the most exceptional case when it comes to standard moves it resolves the same as a parry win there's really no way to win two people parrying at each other mm -hmm. so in this case you offer us a thrust that i can strike aside uh and the thrust here is um I, I I go for more of the same, I think. Like, I am kind of like, uh, I am kind of like, I roll backwards a little bit, and I am, I am kind of, uh, gesturing, and, and I kind of mutter, you're gonna have to do a lot more if this is going to, if, the, if you're gonna get through me, you're going to have to do much more. This is, oh, that's so exactly what I wanted. I just reach into the pocket, like a pocket sort of like reaching into my cape and onto my hip. Mm -hmm. And I just pull out the medallion from your commander. And I go, I didn't have to do much more to her. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. I love it. And like, I am crushed. You you can see the crut, the, the, just the, you can see the, just the crut, like the, the stars fall from my eyes at that moment. Oh, oh no. <laughs> we are now tied three to three priority is you let's see if you get a comeback to this i have my move i have mine i thrust it i'm parrying oh. <laughs> i love the way the points just always go back and forth in this oh yeah it's this uh, it's real satisfying is the thing in this particular fight this is real satisfying and it's it's partially probability right from a game design perspective because in the three standard moves it would be um like a one-third chance of any move Except because the priority is exchanged back and forth each time, mm -hmm. um, you actually have a significant advantage 
um, because two of your three options win. Um, and so we each get a significantly higher probability of victory every other turn, and it keeps things tight and tense. I love it. I'm, 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 I'm here for it. Okay, so I thrust and you parry. I've just in, like talked about how easy it was to kill your commander. Hmm. I want to give you something you can really strongly stripe away here because that was such a strong like mm-hmm. move on my part. I want you to have something like equally good. Do you know what you want from me in this moment? I want you to lean in further. I want I want like you saw that that hurt. You saw the the you saw this is this is this is a this feels like a little bit of your your ace in the hole, right? Like this feels like a real like power move and for you to like lean in further to that and like really emphasize that like you you struck down our best yeah um i think i toss the medallion at your feet you've like backed up a bit and i toss the medallion at your feet and i'm like i guess this belongs to you now but not for very long and I, I look at it and i look at you and i i do another reach into a pocket and I just wonder, you took down, you took down one of our best. You took down maybe the best that we had. And I flip the self-destruct uh, trigger into my hand and I start twirling it. So I might just take down all of us instead. Perfect, 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 perfect. I think there's like a, a moment of like mortal fear that you haven't seen. Like she's mm-hmm. been so haughty. She's either been haughty or angry. You haven't seen fear in her eyes mm-hmm. yet. And so I think we like see the flip. We cut back. I'm thinking in visual like camera movements. We cut back to your face and you say this. And then we get shot reverse shot uh, onto my face. And it's just the first time that like I look with genuine terror only for a half second. And I think what follows that half second is determined by the next move. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So for three you, I've got priority. I have my move. I've got mine. I'm parrying. I am fainting. Damn. Oh, I had such a good move to win that with. Okay, let's see what happens. So uh, that might be our first faint win. I don't think we faint parried. Um, the victor offered... Oh, no, no, we totally have. So yeah, you offer me bait and I take it. I think that the bait here is um, the bait that I offer is I've got this in my hand and like I've got the self-destruct trigger and I I flip it into the I kind of I look around and I'm like I'm gonna miss this place and I kind of flip it into the air kind of giving you a moment where where there's like a there's like a moment where we almost see it like flipping in slow motion of like oh you could catch it you could strike me down in this moment and then like I just kind of effortlessly pluck it and stash it back into a pocket and go nah I don't want to die there Oh, no. And I think there was a moment I took a step forward and my hand is like starting to reach up. Um, So like shot of it going in the air, Mm -hmm. shot below my shoulders of me stepping forward, reaching my hand up, and then shot of your hand just grabbing it out of the air and pocketing it. (laughs) Oh, oh, no. Oh, that's real good. I also love that that means that you absolutely undeniably know that it's on the table. <laughs> yes, totally. I, I am taking it as a real threat. Okay. Um, Next moves. Priority you. I have my move. I have mine. I'm parrying again. I am thrusting. You got it. 
Cool. Um, so I'm going to ask specifically, if you can, keep harping on the self-destruct because I have a really powerful comeback for it. Okay. Yeah. So I think what is happening is uh, now I'm going into negotiation mode, right? Like I've put my cards on the table and I'm like, so here's the deal. I am giving you a chance to live. You walk out of here. You live. Your people live. Your crew lives. Or nobody walks out of here. You'd get what you wanted. How much do you value living to see your next bounty? I had this whole speech in mind, and I don't need it. Because that last thing that you said gave me the perfect opening. Oh, I just need the right, like, five words. I think it's just, I, like, brush something off my shoulder idly. Like, it's clearly, this is where, like, debonair is coming in. This Mm -hmm. is, like, a... Just like a move that you can tell I did not need to do. It is specifically to embarrass yeah. you. I brush something off my shoulder and go. So you say um, that um, how much do you value um, getting out of here or living to see your next bounty? And I brush something off my shoulder and go, not less than you value saving the soul of this planet's magic or whatever. <laughs> I, I And I, I think... As much as as I am frustrated and angry, like there is an absolute like smile to that. And there is a there is a frustration and a smile, but it's that kind of like laughing smile of like, I cannot deny that that you are that that I cannot deny that you are right. And while I am frustrated that my plan didn't work, it means that you are at least like I like it means you at least recognize like why I'm doing this. If that's and the there's case, a little bit of that that growth that little bit of that growth is it has 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 hit, but I'm still like visibly like I I have to I, I'm I'm still visibly like out of options. Yeah, I think um, this is going to be a good uh, opportunity to demonstrate something mechanical. So I talked about the last word, and I talked about the like right to say like. Yeah. Can you change that? Because the goal of this is to come up with something that is narratively satisfying, ideally for both of you, but the victor retains the right to like. Mm -hmm. polish that each turn and like get what they're looking for out of this um and that's how partially it's why it's labeled as a collaborative game in the subheader just like how previously i asked you what do you want out of this i'm just sort of sharing with the audience that's what i mean for it to be collaborative um and so in this case i'm totally fine with you finishing with that moment of like the the sort of grim or wry smile or laugh because i think that's your character but if you do that i think i want a little more of demonstrating you being out of options. So for example, um, some way of saying that you have taken, actually you've taken the self-destruct off the table. Like actually you have completely and totally abandoned it, recognizing that I'm right and you would never give it up. Okay. Yeah. Then I know exactly what it is. Um, So this hallway, um, this is, this is space fantasy. So this hallway is on a platform above uh, a chasm, right? Like it's, we all we all agree that hallways are over chasms. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm throwing the the, the the detonator over the chasm. I like smile and laugh and put a thumb to my lip and then I take it out and I toss it down the chasm where it's just gonna like fall and dissolve and not actually activate. And I'm like, okay, <sighs> yes. And I love the idea of you smiling and laughing during that, like the pain of that moment. <sighs> okay, cool. Okay, next moves. Okay. I thrust. I'm thrusting. 
It's my priority. Yep. That's going to bring us back to 5-5. Yep. And in this case, you tempt an aggressive action, but mine's better. And I know what I'm going to do. And so I'm going to ask how you want to lead into it. Go for it. Yeah. I'm going to brush past you. Oh, I'm drawing my weapon. Yeah. I'm 100% like, like facing you sword out and being like, we are going to have this fight now. Like we are going to, we are going to, um, we are going to have this out in this moment. Right. And then you just walk past. It's oh. like, I'm not worth your time. Like I've, I've taken that thing off the table. And it means I'm no longer worth your time. Yes, absolutely. And like, you're without that on the table it's time for you you see this as time to fight and i think Mm -hmm. especially because what happens is i take a step towards you and you're like it's time to fight this must be her initiating it and i step towards your offhand so you are Mm mid-draw when i bump shoulders with you and walk past while you are drawing oh that's real good perfect 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 okay is it Okay. It is my priority. Yes. And I know exactly what I'm doing. Okay, I know my move too. All right. Penalty. Okay. So in the case of a penalty, um, you can say what your move would have been, but it's it, determined. It would have been, been a thrust. Okay. So the exact thing that happens is going to be determined by the outcome of this role. Um, but the general vibe, just so you know what my intention is is that I show my back to you. Like, I walk on mm. down the hallway. I don't run. I don't draw my weapon. You've drawn your weapon, and I just keep walking. Um, mm. And we will see what that means after my roll. So I need to roll under a five. I don't have a good chance of that, but it is exactly what Celeste would do right now. Yep, yep, yep. Here we go. I got a four. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to go... Uh, We will read it for the penalty move because I think that's important and it's pretty rare. If you roll under your current score, your insult successfully baits your opponent into an equally over-the-top response, and they lash out in such a way that you cannot help but turn back around. However, when your opponent narrates their reaction, the intensity of it should also betray some sort of vulnerability that gives you the upper hand. It doesn't have to be a tactical vulnerability, but like you've made yourself extremely emotionally or conversationally vulnerable um this is this is so perfect because like this is exactly what my thrust was going to be and so this matches this maps out perfectly you are walking away you turn and you 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 leave and like you're walking away and like i am specifically really quick i just want to make sure and clarify is like i'm not walking i haven't turned and walked out the way i've come you're you're walking towards the heart of the the station absolutely you've just brushed past me and i'm fuming and i'm so frustrated i'm deflated and frustrated and finally like my hand starts to shake and my eye my teeth are starting to grit and i blink this is this is this is we're going sci-fi sci-fantasy we're going full trope and my i blink and the eyes go the eyes go glowy and you suddenly take a step and then freeze. And I've got a hand out and I'm shaking and I am quivering. And you try to like move that inch forward and you cannot move a single muscle. And you realize you are surrounded by glowing spores as you realize that like I have gone full space magic and am like holding you in place to be like you're not leaving here. 
And the way that I have I am vulnerable is like the second you turn around, you can see that like visibly I am not in control of this. Visibly, like this is not me doing a this is not me competently using this this thing that I have that I have like this is not me competently using a magical force that I have an understanding of. This is me lashing out with a thing that I don't fully understand, but has like arrived in my lap and I'm just lashing out in a moment of desperation. You can see that I am shaking. I am crackling. There are spores like popping around me. And I am just like kind of like visibly like holding on to this thing as a lifeline. In that case, I think if it's okay with you, what I would like to happen is like I stop because I notice I can't move forward. Like we see my muscles tense and I can't move mm-hmm. forward. And so instead I turn over my shoulder with this like curious look. And I turn around slowly after I follow my gaze. And then there's all of this like floating, glowing bioluminescence around me. Mm -hmm. And I slowly, like lazily swipe with my hand um, in the direction that is not the one I was walking. So not where you put up the barrier. Mm -hmm. And if it's okay with you, I'd like all the glow to just dissipate and you just collapse on your knees. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. So like you make this like powerful you've stopped me you've done it you've put everything into it and the moment i'm not doing exactly the thing that you wanted literally just a back of my hand swipe yeah yeah that's amazing and i think i like have this little like chuckle and i'm like so that's what all this magic is worth and you're just i think shaking and shuddering on the ground as i say that yeah cool Cool. Next move. I've got my move. I've got mine. I thrust. I'm fainting. Oh, God. Oh, God. I win. That's bringing me really close to victory. Yep. So, in this case, I just make an aggressive move. And I think I just... I just start walking towards you. And I... I start walking towards you and I say... Well... I guess I am going to have to take the time to crush you. And I walk so that I'm leaning above you, looking down, and you're still there on your knees. And I go, luckily, that won't take very long. It's real good. It's real good. Um, so that brings me to eight points. Mm-hmm. If you had not already drawn your weapon, you would have to now. Um. However, probably when you did this force freeze thing, it like maybe clattered to the ground when you dropped or something like that. So that means this round you have to pick it up and brandish it because I am at eight points. Yep. You do have priority. The last and most important thing to say here, and I think this is especially important because I love rebel leaders. I like telling stories where the rebels win. It's just who I am as a person. I like stories that end that way. Oh, I also like tragic stories. Basically, all the short fiction I read is tragic, but it's personally tragic. It's not generally world tragic. Um, And so it's important to clarify, winning this duel doesn't mean that I win the physical battle which follows. You Mm -hmm. might kill me afterwards. What the stakes set is what we are arguing and debating and posturing and bantering over. It is not, the victory is not who kills the other. The Mm -hmm. victory is who looks the best going into the fight 
and who finally cannot take it and feels that they have to strike the first blow, even though the victor is fine to continue. Does that make I sense? Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Which I think also makes perfect sense in the narrative that we're building if I do win of mm-hmm. just like, I look like I have the high ground, like the the upper hand, the high ground, so to speak, going into our physical battle. But who knows what actually happens? Yeah. Cool. Perfect. So with that bit of suspense in, this could be win or lose. I have my move. I have mine. I'm thrusting. I am fainting. Tragic. This might be the biggest point gap. I've ever seen in a victory I, those last I, few rounds. I, I love it. I'm all I, I I love it. I love it. I have an exact image. I know that it's not the point of the game, but I do have an exact image of like what this fight looks like. So we now move into the only mechanic I haven't really talked about, which is the resolution. I've given yeah. a, a general concept of what it is, but let's be more specific now. Um, in the resolution. Oh, wait, when I went to eight points should have been when you draw your weapon. Can we say, because we sort of talked about it, that last round when I towered over you and you were shaking on the ground, you like shakily picked picked up your weapon? Yeah, that's when I picked it up and like faced you with the weapon. Perfect. So for the resolution, when a player reaches nine points, they win and the duel resolves. In response to the winning move, the loser is finally compelled to act and they attempt to strike the first blow. The loss of patience, the necessity of time, or that they have nothing left to say. Um, The loser should narrate this attempted blow and may include dialogue. However, the last word goes to the winner. The winner narrates their reaction to the blow and reserves the right to parry or block the loser's strike. If the winner wishes to parry, it might be helpful for them to communicate their intent to do so before the loser narrates the blow. And I do think that whatever you go for, it's not going to be effective. We'll figure out exactly how. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is. I think it is. It is specifically um, in this moment, the scoundrel half of Tyrell comes out and I'm going for like a uh, I am going for like a a a straightforward, like running you through with the sword. Like like there's a there's a moment where there's a moment where I've got the sword drawn and you're towering over me. And like I, I reach that moment of like, I've got to do something and I'm going for like the most I, I'm still for a while as you like ready your weapon to strike and I go for like the cheap shot yeah, and you just block it and bounce it off. Yeah, what I'm trying to debate between is does it just bounce off my armor? Do I not even draw to parry it or do I draw to parry it? That's what I can't decide. I love it just bouncing off the armor and then like the sh- because that's such a good start to the duel. The actual formal battle is if I block it and it just breaks the saber <gasps> and then I'm not the actual duel is not fought with the saber. It is it is fought. I will propose that it, it like my actual weapon for the duel is fought with like the space magic itself. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And to, to just like increase the like drama of our final moment here. Do you say anything before you strike or as you no, strike? No, no, no. It is full on like dead silent. And it's just like I'm 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 like hand like in the I'm in like almost a repose pose. Like my arms are at my side. I'm like fully ready for you. Like it is a it is it is such a bluff of like I am in a position where you're just going to land a killing blow. Right. Like I and so like it's just such a cheap shot where it's just like nothing nothing cheap shot thing sword breaks and then i look at it and i like to tumble my broken sword by my side 
Yeah, I love the idea of the silence, and then we just hear the strike on the metal and the snap. We don't even, the camera isn't even on the sword when we hear the snap, and then it flashes down to the sword, and we see that that is what has broken. Mm -hmm. And I think it, like, you let it tumble, and I look down at you, and I put a hand on the pommel of my sword once again, and I go... One second, I'm so close to knowing exactly what it is. I see you really aren't any more of a threat than she was, Commander. (laughs) This is almost going to be fun. And my sword starts to spark on my head. Mm -hmm. And And I I think you, if I may. Yeah? I think that you, I think you, you go for the strike and we see it like come straight to my throat and then pause as we see the glowing spores around it. And that's when the twist of like, oh, I'm not going to be fighting with the saber. This is the this is my this is my like character moment of like, I am going to be fighting defensively. But like, this is the this is kind of uh, this is Tyrell's moment to like fully like embrace this this magical potential and just like fully like fight using this thing and defend and, and fight with this this magic that he's fully embracing in this moment. If that's the case then I think to make this still feel like a a victory for my character, even if she's going to lose the fight afterwards, is it okay that, like, when I draw the sword, it starts glowing the moment I begin striking, and it glows more and more intensely, but I keep slicing through, like, my electricity is slicing through the glow. And so it's, it's slicing, it's slicing, it's slicing, and we finally get to your neck, and that's where the camera cuts. Yeah, that's so sick. That's so good. That, that kicks so much ass perfect oh my god i'm so happy with this that was good that's that's game that's it that that makes me super super happy <sighs> oh god oh, oh I made, thank you so much this is amazing i made one mistake oh how did i i think i was so invested in our particular narrative that i forgot the last thing i ask of players in the rule book whenever possible flourish your cape oh. and so i have to I just have to add one detail, which is that when I walked past you, when I bumped shoulders, that bumped my cape back. And that means that when I started walking past you, it was fluttering out at Mm -hmm. like a 60 degree angle. And I think my cape wrapped over your shoulder and like slid across it and then fell back to the ground as I walked past you. And I think that my flourish, uh, when I go for that blow, the the failed killing strike, when I go for that and my sword breaks, the 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 rope on the shoulder cape, like I go for it with the with the 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 arm that is covered by the cape, and the cape like flies backwards. <gasps> yes. To like fully like kind of almost like remove it from my from my shoulder, right? Like as though I am abandoning this 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 role as a as a commander and embracing my role as a, a scoundrel. As a scoundrel bastard. Yes. I even like the idea that the cape had like, when you fell to the ground, the cape fell over your arm, mm-hmm. hiding your saber arm. The the like yeah. the strike that, that you made, the like cheap shot came out of the cloak. And then you just throw it off in the motion of that. Oh, yes. <gasps> and if I may, before we wrap. Yep. Uh, there's two th- there's two things that I, I think are are very good post like there are po- there are two postscripts that I Jeff Stormer need to need to to experience please absolutely I I think that I think that that going leaning into leaning into it I think I want to make explicit 
like you are undeniably dominant. I think I win the battle, but I think we I I think that like I win the ultimate battle of us, but like I am no longer in the rebellion. <sighs> I think that like I have fully gone full Luke Skywalker in the last Jedi where like once this happens, like I have embraced this magic to a point where I am I am full on like Merlin Gandalf of like I am leaving. Oh, like I have a higher calling and this is like my call to action. And like, I am abandoning all of this. Absolutely. This is like an ascension moment. I love the idea that you become maybe even like a guardian of the station, a guardian of the temple sort of deal. It is it is fully like it is fully it is fully a a, I, I win the battle, but also like the rebellion also loses me. And like it is it is like a profound loss on both sides of our conflict. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we see the rebels push like my mercenaries off the station without me there to command them. But there's no one you aren't there to command them either. It's someone else picking up the torch once again. Um, Yes, absolutely. I love that. I just needed that closing note. I needed it for my own no, in, In our heart and soul, I totally understand. And I even think it tells another beautiful narrative, which is one of of anyone in the rebellion can be a leader, right? Like Mm -hmm. we see that first commander die. And then you like ascend and you're no longer really even humanly connected in certain ways to the rebellion, but someone else just immediately picks it up too. Whereas the mercenary forces rout the moment they don't have their captain. Sick. I, I love it. I, I, cause I also am just such a sucker for stories where the rebels win. I was like, I was like, what's the, what's the, what's the ending of this that feels right to me? Totally. And yeah, I encourage players to either, if they want to leave it in that suspense of like, you have no idea what happens in the physical battle, do that. And if you're like, actually, I know exactly what I want. I played another game, uh, that was like, uh, it was Battlestar Galactica inspired and we were, um, like, um, uh playing a poker game it was this like one like very starbuck-esque poker game scene uh that my wife and i were doing in a game and um we uh ended it with just like a sucker punch and then a kick and Mm -hmm. then one of us getting dragged off to the bridge so we like established (laughs) that afterwards that's the entirety of the fight but we're just like we know exactly what we want there but also most of my other games have ended on just like we have no idea but we know absolutely how intense it is I love it. This 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 kicked ass. This was this made me so unbelievably happy. Thank you so much for coming on the show and playing it with me. Yeah, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to be crowdfunding it. Um, <sighs> and I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to like demonstrate it for people. Kick myself in the editing room. So speaking of the crowdfund, where can people find I have the high ground online? You can find that at teenyurl.com/slash I have the high ground game. No caps, no spaces, nothing like that. And you can also find out about all of my work on my Twitter. I'm on Twitter as at JessFromOnline. Um, that's perhaps how I'm most known over Jess Levine. But uh, you can find me on Twitter as at JessFromOnline. You can also go to JessFrom.online uh, if you would like to find all of my work. Uh, I also write both fiction and nonfiction. Uh, I designed another game called Going Rogue, uh, which I played on the Party of One podcast before, uh, which is a uh, expansion for Riley uh, Rethel's Galactic, which is a uh, not quite Star Wars, Star Wars, but what it could be. Uh, and it's a 
Rogue One expired, inspired expansion uh, for Galactic. You can find that on my website and my itch.io. You can find my music. I also publish uh, synthwave and cyberpunk music. Um, all of that is on jessfrom.online. Um, but what I would really most appreciate in this moment is any sort of support on that crowdfunder. We decided to move, well, I decided to move away from Kickstarter after their announcement that they would be embracing a blockchain-based platform. I just thought ethically, I can't be there. But that's taking on a lot of risk, and a lot of indie TTRPG creators are in the same place because Kickstarter brings in a lot of business. I found this amazing other site called Game on Tabletop. That's where that tiny URL will take you to, uh, is Game on Tabletop. And I'm really impressed. They have a bunch of things that Kickstarter doesn't, but they need your support and new platform commitment to show that Kickstarter doesn't have a monopoly and that it's not acceptable for Kickstarter to be embracing environmentally destructive technologies like blockchain. I could really use your support in sticking with that and making sure I get the opportunity to pay the fantastic artists and the fantastic layout designer that we have. Um, there's also a few other people who uh, show listeners might be familiar with um, involved in the project uh, for the stretch goals, uh, including an actual play with Riley Rethel, creator of Galactic and guest on this show multiple times. Uh, also an actual play with uh, Bridget, uh, who is on the role-playing public radio podcast. So if we get enough support, uh, you'll get to hear those actual plays of this game as well. Um, it's also worth saying this is going to be published in zine format. It'll be a 34-page zine printed by Diskette Press. But there's also a premium set, and I really quickly want to give a pitch for that uh, but now that you've seen the mechanics of this game. Um, one, there's in the premium set, it all comes in a burlap bag with your zine, but also two D6s that have crossed rapiers as the six face and have the same like mar beige and white marble texture as the cover of the zine. And there's also nine wooden tokens. And so one of those tokens is for priority and you pass it back and forth to track priority. And the other four tokens uh, are two of each for the move types so that you have this decorated token with art by Ezra showing what move you chose and you get to hold that wooden token in your fist and flip it up to reveal your move. It's definitely the best way uh, to play this game. So I really recommend investing in a premium set if you get a chance. Uh, and there's also tiers to get your name in the zine or to play a game if I have the high ground with me. So if you want to splurge a little bit more, uh, those are available to you. Uh, again, it's at tinyurl.com slash I have the high ground game. The link will also be in the show notes. And thank you for listening to us play it. And thank you for having me on to play it. Absolutely. This is my pleasure. This is kicked ass. Um, thank you so much for playing this with me. Uh, I had an absolute ball. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, Bass May. And thanks again to Jess for coming on to the show. That game was an absolute delight from beginning to end. I was smiling ear to ear, editing it, playing it. It just was... Just a great game experience. If you'd like to have your own great game experience, head to tinyurl.com slash I have the high ground game or check the show notes for a link to the crowdfunding campaign for I have the high ground for the physical zine edition of the game. Go back it, pick up a deluxe edition, pick up the core game. It's super, super fun. You're really, really going to love it. 
You can also follow Jess on Twitter at JessFromOnline, or you can follow us on Twitter at Party of One Pod. I don't know why I phrased that as an either-or thing. You could also do, and probably should do both. If you enjoyed the episode, come talk to us about it at bit.ly slash Discord to join the Party of One Discord server. And if you enjoy the show and want to support it, there are a few ways to do that. You can go to bit.ly slash merch and buy a Party of One logo t-shirt. Or you can support the show financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer or kofi.com slash jeffstormer. Or for no money at all, you can leave us a nice review on iTunes or Podchaser or Podcast Addict or Spotify or I don't know. Everybody does reviews nowadays. Leave us a review somewhere. I will see it. It will put a smile on my face. It helps new listeners find the show and it helps us do bigger, better and cooler things. And lastly, uh, while it doesn't directly support the show, if you want more fun podcast content, uh, you should check out All My Fantasy Children, which is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by listener prompts. Every single episode, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at OneShotPodcast.com. The show is part of the OneShot Podcast Network. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, press coverage of the show, or about coming onto the show as a guest, shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And, honestly, I think that's all we do here, so until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. 